Welcome to the How Do I Get That Job podcast. My name is Tyler Cudabek. I will be your host for today. Uh, thank you very much, Alicia, for joining us. Would you be so kind as to introduce yourself? Yes. Um, my name is Alicia LaDuke. Um, I live in New York City, and I have wear quite a few hats. Uh, I am the Director of Operations for Richard Baskin Production Company. I am a real estate agent with Oxford Property Group here in New York City, as well as a performing artist. Very nice. So yeah. just in the effort of full disclosure, given recent events, I don't want anybody to think that I'm shady. Um, <laughs> Alicia and I actually met each other back in high school, and she has been so kind as to be the second guest on this podcast. So I want to say thank you for that. Uh, and, thinking I, of <laughs> and I think that we'll get to this point a little later on, uh, but part of the reason why I asked you is because I know you're the kind of person that works your network and I wanted to do a little bit of that myself. For sure. For sure. Networking is probably one of my favorite things to do. Most people's least favorite thing and the most important thing. <laughs> <laughs> so you've introduced yourself. Um, and people can see your like credentials and your titles and everything under your name. Uh, but could you talk a little bit about Richard Baskin Productions? Yes. Um, so I'm the director of operations there, which basically means I do, it's going to kill me for this, but nearly everything. Um, so he's, he's a very big picture guy and I'm the day-to-day -day operations of everything that really needs to go on to put everything into production. So, uh, we have quite a few uh, spokes in the wheel there one of our most exciting new ventures is uh, an immersive theater experience called the hidden ones um immersive as in there's eight audience members that get taken into the space by the um by the cast uh and it's set during the holocaust and there's two families living underneath the floorboards uh, and you kind of just get to see their day-to-day -day life and the monotony and the dreaming and and everything that kind of goes on there. It's very educational and it's, uh, it's, it's really a wonderful project that we've you know, just started producing on. Very excited about. Now, is that an original piece or is that something that's been around for a while? It, well, both. So it's, um, it was created about a year and a half ago by Anthony Logan Cole. And about a month ago, we took on the project uh, for a new run. So it's, it's getting its footing, um, uh, but we're, we're getting everything together for, for a brand new run of it in Manhattan, hopefully by April 1st. Awesome. Uh, is there a place that people can buy tickets for that if they're so interested? Yes. Um, so uh, the hidden ones, uh, sorry, the hidden NYC.com. Uh, you can go ahead there and get tickets or to any of my social media platforms. You'll have tickets there as well. Awesome. So, can you tell me a little bit about how you got that position in terms of, I mean, we, we said early on that you and I yes. went to high school together, but we did not go to college together. And I don't know any other training that you got after uh, college or anything. So can you just kind of tell your story from, you know, aspiring theater kid to directing operator? Yes. So I'm still, you know, in, in front of the camera and uh, on the stage, but I really do enjoy the backstage work of, being a director of operations, manager of sorts. Um, when I went to school, I did go for the performing aspect of it, but I took actually a theater management class in my second semester uh, of my freshman year that I loved. Um, and Richard and I met in this 
uh, this great little cabaret contest in New York City called So You Think You Can Belt at the West End Lounge. <laughs> um, and it was just funny because he's not a belter at all. Uh, but we met and he was like, you look like someone who can get stuff done and knows a lot of people to help him do it. And I was like, yes, I, I by the way, I am. Uh, so we kind of just kept doing productions together and now I'm just an official part of his team. Awesome. So uh, let, let's start, you know, high school. I, I remember you being in productions in Kingston, New York, uh, in yeah. Uptown. Oh. <laughs> is, that, oh. is that something you don't want to talk about? Because I can cut No, this. it's fine. It was just so long ago. The and, kid version of Into the Woods, because that exists. Um, but yeah. <laughs> so that I was... remember seeing you on stage and coming out to support that. So uh, can you tell us a little bit about how you got involved at such a young age? And then kind of let's move forward from there. I do recall you being very supportive. Thank you, Linda. Uh-huh. Thank you. You're a very nice friend. Um, yeah, so I, yeah, childhood isn't easy for anyone, I don't think. Um, but... I had gone to a theater camp actually at Rhode Island College. I never even thought about how this fits in. Um, <laughs> Rhode Island College theater camp, I was in summer before high school. And I was like, oh my gosh, these are my people. These are the people who understand me and I really want to be around. Um, and then I just kind of spiraled from there going into the drama club at our high school uh, to in Kingston, New York, doing some musicals there. And then when it came time to apply for colleges, I was like, what do I not want my life to be without? And it was definitely theater in some capacity. So even going to college for acting, I always I always knew that even if that part didn't work out, I was gonna be involved somehow. Like I was gonna be a producer or a theater manager or a theater teacher for a while, that was my dream. So it's just in this network that I've, it's such a, it's such a little bubble of a world, the performing arts. So yeah, it was a, it's definitely a journey. (laughs) So you did high school, you did productions in in our area, and then you went off to college. Where'd you go? Um, I went to SUNY Portland for two years, uh, which is funny because it has a very small theater program, but it's mainly a jock school. Uh, So don't forget about that one. Isn't that Uh, where the Giants do their uh, spring training or something? Yes, we were all very excited that my dormitory was going to be the one that they stayed in. Ah. <laughs> and I pretended very hard to be a fan of sports for those two years I was there. Uh, <laughs> and then I transferred to SUNY New Paltz um, for more of a, uh, for less of a musical theater, more of a straight theater program. So I'm a transfer girl. It works. <laughs> so two things I want to talk about. Uh, one the transfer process, especially for somebody in such a specialized program, and then just auditions in general? Sure. So anytime that, uh, so Eddie, mm, try to say this right. When you have to audition to get into a school, there are two sets of holding your breath. So you get into the school, which lucky for me, you know, and my hard work, I, I didn't have any trouble getting into the colleges. It was then once you were approved for the college, you had to apply and audition for the program. Interesting. So I did that for for Fredonia, for Cortland, for New Paltz, for like a, a few different schools. And I decided to go to Cortland. And then when I decided to transfer, I had to apply for SUNY New Paltz again and then audition for SUNY New Paltz and then go there and kind of start over again. Because uh, when you're in a program like that, there is a totem pole of seniority for casting and such. 
Um, uh, but New Faults is very good with transfers. I think half of our acting program was transfers. Wow. Um, so they, they really respected the idea that people wanted to come there even, you know, in their junior year. Um, so yeah, that, that was, you know, the transfer process, it's hard. It's easier uh, SUNY school to SUNY school or like a state school to state school because um, they will take credits, but you do have to be very careful. I was in that transfer office like at least 15 times to get all the credits I thought I was due. So wow. you gotta be persistent. So what kind of helped you springboard into this line of work? Was it just the degree? Is, was that enough for you? Or did you have to have mentors? Did professors help you out? Internships, that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, I made a huge mistake in not ever doing internships when I was in college. It was, it, they, were, they were definitely there and available to me. Um, and, you know, I just kept performing, which is also a, a good kind of internship. Um, but yeah, if I, if I had taken that, it, it, it definitely would have springboarded me into this career more quickly. Um, I have been out of college for four years now, I think. Um, yeah, three and a half, four years. Uh, and I mean, I, my journey's been great, um, but it definitely would have got me there sooner. I have a lot of mentors that helped me, even getting into college. I don't know if you remember Dr. Barbara Wilde. Oh, why do I know high that school. name? She was the, the chorus teacher. Ah, okay. Yep. Yeah. And she just kind of, I was one of two people, me and Jared Decker, um, who went into performing arts, you know? So she was like, let's do this. I have a kid who wants to do this. You know, she's so excited about it. Um, so definitely getting teachers that can mentor you um, and even older students. A lot of alumni programs, um, especially in the arts, are really, really helpful. I came to New York City and I got two acting jobs the second week I was here because I just knew people. So. so you moved to New York without having a job then? Um, sort of. Uh, I had been in, um, so Mohawk Mountain House, uh, which you've been there. Um, I had worked there as a, as a waitress. So I actually used more network from more contacts from the Mohawk job to get a server job in New York City and I moved to New York City with a job two weeks out of school. So it was a server job. It wasn't in my field, but you know, I found an apartment, got a job, and performed in two cabarets the first month that I was in New York City. So I, yeah, it's actually pretty proud of that. <laughs> Congratulations. I mean, that is a big step. You know, and, and it's kind of funny that you became a waitress because you always hear about the struggling actress that is a waitress. Yeah. It's not the best job for actors because you have to use your voice so much. That you and you you know you work till 2 a.m auditions start at 5 a.m for females um in new york city you have to get up at 5 a.m get there sign your name on the list and then the auditions start around 9 30. so when i was still doing that it was kind of hard to be a waitress and audition mm -hmm. so but but money is money <laughs> true you gotta um, fund those no go ahead sorry no it's okay i just said you gotta fund those dreams so speaking of funding your dreams, being a directing operator and an actress isn't your only job, is it? No, it is not. My main uh, source of income uh, and another passion of mine I found over the past year or so uh, is real estate. Um, a friend of mine who is actually a Rockette now, uh, I ran into her on the train and she said, oh, I'm just going to work now. And I was like, it's one o'clock in the afternoon. How are you just going to work now? What do you do with your life? 
She's like, oh, I'm a real estate agent. I work whenever I want, which is a nice way of saying it. You do work very hard and a lot of weird hours. I got to call it 1 a.m. today trying to uh, uh, to get an apartment. So that happens, but... Uh, was it a different time zone, or was this person just up at one? Well, I had, like, responded via text, and then they thought they could call me. And I was like, mm, I'm, like, half asleep. <laughs> uh, but but you got to respond as soon as possible because there's so many of us agents here in the city. Um, but it really is, it's a great job. It's very flexible. Um, you're helping people find homes, which is extremely fulfilling. Uh, and it's very challenging in New York. It's a whole different ballgame from doing real estate anywhere else. Um, and it really feeds into my network of, you know, people. I've shown, a, you know, the guy who's playing Aaron Burr in Hamilton in Chicago. I showed him his apartment. You know, like I. Very cool. You're still making connections. You're still getting to know people. And every film set I go on, someone might need an apartment. So it's just kind of the ebb and flow of life. <laughs> Is that arts, performing art, professional niche kind of how you set yourself apart? Because you made it sound like New York is a really competitive place to be a real estate agent. It is, and I, I do. Uh, you know, I, I will, I will, and I legally have to show anybody who wants an apartment apartment. But I, you know, I even put in my bio for real estate that I am an actress and a performing artist because I think there are so many students that go to Columbia, NYU, all of these wonderful acting programs, um, as well as just artists coming from college, moving to the city. So I have so many platforms where I can, you know, be known as somebody who understands the artist, how their pay structure works. They don't necessarily get a salary um, and helping them find stuff that's affordable that will work for them. You know, I know many dancers that don't mind a fifth floor walk up, you know, it's <laughs> free, Gives you free dance workout for your day. Yeah, so it's just, I feel like that niche really works out for me just because I, I do understand them. I run in their circles um, and can, can show them that. You know, hey, when you go down to auditions, it's two minutes from the train to get out at Pearl Studios. And it's something no other realtor would really think to tell them. But a very important part of their lives. So you brought up the salary structure or the pay structure that works for performing art professionals without getting too personal or, or telling how much you get paid or anything. Can you kind of explain that to people that may not understand? For anyone who's an actor, they'll understand the word exposure. Uh, <laughs> we get a lot of, oh, you know, we're not paying you, but you're, it'll be great exposure. Um, so <laughs> Is that so actually true? Does that actually work or is that just a way to get around I mean, not it does. people? Both. I mean, I've done a lot of student <laughs> films. I've done a lot of student films for free that gave me great stuff for my reel, but doesn't pay for pizza. Uh, maybe dollar pizza. But <laughs> um, so the pay structure works a little uh, it, it, differently if you're non-union or union. I'm non-union, um, so I can and have and will work for free. Um, or for stipends, or for less, or for a metro card. Like it, it works in varying ways. I know when I do film work, background film work, um, it's 165 over 10 hours. They can keep you there less, or pay you time and a half for more, and then they give you, you know, two free meals and unlimited coffee. So it's like a really good way to kind of just stay in the world, you know, while also making a little bit of money. Not brand, but. Uh... And then as a director of operations, we're you know, currently working with investors to make sure that our non-union actors get paid more or, you know, 
a stable income as opposed to a percentage of profits. And it, it, it kind of gets really muddy because you want to pay actors. I'm an actor. I would want to have get. I would want to get paid. Yeah, for sure. Um, but sometimes it's just either not in the cards at the time. Um, you know, it's between a production not happening or it happens and they don't get paid. So it's kind of a give and take there. Yeah, for sure. And I, I definitely think that, you know, exposure is, is a great way to trade services. I mean, in a lot of what I do in terms of just marketing my brand, starting a new business and things like that, I'm willing to trade my services or, oh, I'll review your college essay. Just, hey, send out a, a quick little Instagram post about me so that your friends know about me. Um, but in terms of being, and I know that that works because I could be the only college professional that they know of. Whereas actors, you're kind of tied into this whole world. How do you set yourself apart, whether it's through exposure or uh, picking the right productions and things like that? How do you set yourself apart from all the other actors? Well, it, I, personally, um, this also goes into w why I chose the college that I chose. I really believe in being a well-rounded performer. So I... I do straight plays, I do musicals, I do cabarets, I do immersive theater, I kind of just do anything that I can. And like right now, it's, um, uh, it's a, a really exciting opportunity where I'm actually not getting paid, but the material is so amazing and important. I actually, I opened a show on Friday. It's called Behind Glass Walls, The Anxiety Plays. Congrats. Uh, thank you. And it, uh, it really delves into the topic of mental illness uh, and, and, it's a beautiful show that I believe is going places. So as of now, I will say, you know, on the record, I'm not getting paid, but I can fully, fully believe that this might go to off Broadway or Broadway. And then I would get paid because I would have been in the original cast. So there is always that, that moving up potential for when you're doing new works like that. Um, tickets for that are also found on my Instagram. Uh, <laughs> Nice little but, plug. Right. But but that really ties into this idea of being a really well-rounded actor um, and well-rounded person. Like I went to a, a bachelor, a, a BA program um, for college where some actors go to conservatories or get a bachelor of fine arts degree. So, you know, that's another important decision that you would have to make in going into college, knowing what kind of performer you really want to be. Awesome. So... Can you, you said that part of the, part of your college experience allowed you to be a more well-rounded professional. When I hear well-rounded in college, I think of liberal arts colleges. Can you tell yes. me the difference between like a liberal arts college and a conservatory and why somebody would pick one over the other? Absolutely. So yeah, there, there are many routes you can take, but there's mostly three routes. Um, there's the, the route that I took, which is you go to a liberal arts college, you get a BA degree, you take, um, you know, your 22 general requirement credits or something like that. And then the rest of, you know, your experience is theater, you know, but you have to take not just theater. I had to take technical theater and performing. Um, I had to learn to build sets and paint them and do props. I took a theater management course. Like, so you're, you're really... I took a I took a regular biology class. I did not take math, thanks to uh, my 
high school. <laughs> I went ahead and took college algebra there. Nice. Uh, so, so that's just, you know, you're really getting the full experience. You know, I always kind of give the example of, um, have you ever seen the TV show Bones? Yeah, of course. So that actress has to know what she's talking about a little bit. She doesn't have to be like a, a the woman who plays Brennan. Mm-hmm. Um, she doesn't have to be a scientist herself, but she has to understand what she's saying. If she's never taken a biology course in her life, she's going to be really behind these other people. You know, I know Grey's Anatomy, they specifically will hire an actress um, for a walk-on role that has a nursing degree or a doctor degree, or doctor degree, a doctorate, <laughs> um, because they at least know the terminology. So that's kind of where I can't come from, wanting that well-roundedness. And then you get the intensity of a conservatory program, which has um, usually very, very good networking ties to New York City, LA, London, all of these major hubs of performance. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's you eat, sleep, breathe theater. And some people do it after their college experience. I could go to Stella Adler right now, take a two-year conservatory program at 40 hours a week and get a pseudo degree from them. Um, what do you so mean by a lot pseudo of- degree? Well, I, I get a certificate from them, but it's not a college degree. Okay. Yeah, because all, you know, it, it, it carries a lot of weight, but if you ever, you know, need or want a different, a job in a different field or even just, you know, a, somewhere in behind the scenes in like theater management or producing, they're probably going to want you to get a, have a college degree that, that is more than just, you're an amazing, like, actor okay and then in between those two you have the bachelor of fine arts degree where you take like some general requirement courses like um suny fredonia has that um and then mostly you know you eat sleep and half breathe uh, <laughs> uh performing arts and then you do a couple of the um of the other courses too so you, you kind of have three different ways to go none of them are wrong none of them are right all of them have pros and cons um but it's really just figuring out what kind of person you want to be. I didn't want to pigeonhole myself to not have an education outside of theater. Um, just because I, I don't know, I'm a, I'm a planner. <laughs> so that's that's why I chose mine. It was a very long-winded response. Hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and that's the kind of stuff that I, I'm really looking for to get some more information about a very specific niche. You know, that's really helpful for the people that are interested in this particular episode. And it's really helpful for me as a professional to have that knowledge kind of stored away in the back of my head. Um, for sure. Now, being somebody that has a podcast and posted on YouTube and has been a part of that sphere for a while. I don't know if you remember my wise project in high school being a YouTube interactive video or not. Um, I know. So sweet. Uh, Are we going to explain Do they know what that is? uh, So wise is actually a really specialized program. It started off as Westchester individualized senior experience. It is in over a hundred different high schools nationwide now. Uh, Now, since it's no longer in just Westchester County, New York, it has changed to wise individualized senior experience. Uh, And basically students are allowed to take the uh, last semester of their senior year, cut out their uh, reading, English and social science uh, requirements and replace them with this individualized, uh, independent study for lack of a better term. Uh, which so, worked very well for some people. Like I, I did an entire project. I don't know if you remember mine. 
I graduated before you, so I don't remember you yours. Oh, I did a project where I brought Barbara Coloroso in, uh, who write who wrote the book The Bullied, The Bullied, and The Bystander, and I had workshops for both the students and the teachers to to deal with bullying on both levels. Um, wow. You know, even even you know interdepartmental teacher bullying, teacher student bullying, and then student student bullying. Um, so yeah, that that program is so close to my heart because that was a very very good experience for me. Um, yeah, and I and feel the same video, way. Video game, not what I meant, but <laughs> what was it called? So it was an interactive YouTube video on the Middle East. Um, I I'm not going to say the name of it or anything because. Uh, I think as an actress, you understand sometimes your first productions are not the things that you're most proud of. You got to keep that YouTube up to date with because employers will Google you. <laughs> Google Everybody here, Google yourself before you send out those college essays and, and admissions oh, yeah, sure. because they will Google you. And if they see you with a silly video, that's all they're going to know. <laughs> silly videos can work in your favor. They can, they can be cute. The problem that we see on the admissions side, because you're absolutely right, we do Google you, um, especially if you write this crazy outlandish essay and we're like, there's no way that that's true. Uh, we want to follow up and see if that is actually true or not. Um, Fair. I, I can't tell you how many students that I have seen on Facebook or Instagram uh, just like with the world's biggest bong in their hand. <laughs> yeah. I am not setting judgments on anything because we were all kids once. For sure. Uh, but don't post it. Yeah. I was very specific, you know, like even, even drinking, not even alcohol. If it was a red solo cup, I made sure to crop it out of the picture because you do not want to give them any reason to think that you are not an upstanding citizen. Let them figure that out once you're there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, and it's not like we made major decisions on like, oh, that guy has a bong. You could be 18 years old in Canada where it's totally legal. You know, there has to be context for it's the not picture. Best first impression. That's the point. I even have a glass of meat with a glass of wine when I was 15 because I was in Italy. And it was totally legal. I was 16. I was 16. Um, and it, but it just looks weird mm -hmm. to any future employers. <laughs> so. Yep. And cropping is so easy. You, you don't even need Photoshop for it anymore. Just get paint. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> All right, kids, listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> we went on a total tangent now. Um, <laughs> but. The reason that we went down this tangent is because I wanted to talk about YouTube because you hear about people like Justin Bieber or, uh, you know, Jake Paul and Logan Paul and all these people that have made a massive career as actors, singers, songwriters, uh, and were discovered online. How viable is that? And how often do you see people using a YouTube channel as part of a resume when they apply for an audition or something? 100% of the time. Really? Um, so personally, so Justin Bieber was discovered when YouTube was first a thing, like the first couple of years. Now YouTube is so saturated with videos. It's, you're, no one's ever going to just go through YouTube and try and find a star. But speaking from the other side of the table with Richard Baskin Productions, we actually, um, we have a show coming up on the 29th in New York City 
called On the Map. And we put out a casting call for five, uh, five girls, five boys. And we said, send your headshot, your resume, and a YouTube clip or two for us to look at. Um, because it's much more cost effective not to do in-person auditions. Um, or at the very least, you just kind of pre-screen them. You mm -hmm. can find out within the first, it was actually very fun to do because it took us like first 20 seconds to see if we even wanted to, you know, invite them into the show. Yeah. Um, and a lot of them were great, but you know, and some of them needed work, but still they were almost all YouTube videos. There's a couple of Vimeo, um, a couple of direct links, but YouTube is a great way to have those videos and that um, those views all in one place. So like I have a performing artist website where I put YouTube videos on the website, but they still are linked to YouTube because YouTube people trust it. They know what it is. Um, and then when they click it, they can, it can link you to all of the other work you've done. Mm -hmm. That being said, keep it up to date. Um, but that really is, you know, college admissions, they, you're, you're going to send a self tape in to see if it's worth you coming all the way to, you know, driving out to a college to audition. Audition. Um, so yeah, YouTube is a very, very useful source. Um, as someone don't that put your is making these casting <laughs> decisions, are you looking at like, oh, how many subscribers do they have? How many views does this have? Yes. Yeah. Um, because we are a smaller company, um, you know, if we're on Broadway, I don't really care, but, but regional theaters, community theaters, um, any smaller production companies like ours in New York City, we want to know that you will bring people to the show. It's not necessarily something that like, oh, well, we're not going to cast you unless you promise to bring 10 people, although that does exist as well. Mm -hmm. um, kind of a pay-to-play deal. But we want to know, okay, wow. So there's two people who are absolutely phenomenal. One of them has zero online presence. The other one has like, you know, even Instagram is a really big deal. There was this one girl who just had like 10,000 Instagram followers. And like most of them were real. I'm pretty sure all of them were real. Like, you know, there are some of those bots. Yeah. But I knew that those people were going, she was going to sell out the house. Did she? Because she had so many followers. Yeah, she did a really good job. She did a really good job. Um, you know, we still did our marketing thing, but that cushion can't help. Uh, can't, can't not help, you know, it, it, just having someone who has a large following. So I actually run four Instagrams. Um, I have my real estate Instagram. I actress Instagram. I run the Richard Baskin Productions one, um, which we're actually looking to get someone to, to do. Uh, and then I run the hidden ones, the immersive theater experience one. So very vital because every time we have something for Richard Baskin Productions, we, we put up the notice and that's technically free marketing. People is not as good as free marketing to 10,000. Yeah. So it's just a game. So We've talked a lot about the theater side of things. Um, yeah. Can you just talk about how you become a real estate agent? You know, we, we talked yeah. about meeting your friend on a train uh, in coveralls covered in paint. Um, yeah. <laughs> but does that just like magically, hey, I'm a real estate agent now, or like what's the process from I want to do this okay. to actually doing it? A cake will be delivered to your door and a woman with coveralls will jump out of it and offer you a real estate license. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, no, so what it is, it's 75 hours of classes, which you can do online or in, in class itself. Uh, I mentioned last time I was talking to you, I'm 
very much a Hermione Granger from Harry Potter. Like I want to be in a classroom, front of the class, asking questions, um, not annoying at all. Uh, so, so I took mine at Ivy Real Estate, uh, and that's here in the city. Uh, it's a couple hundred dollars, but there's um, there's Groupons for stuff to make it like a hundred bucks or less. Okay. Uh, it's seventy five hours, and then you take a cl- uh, the test, which I think is fifty five dollars. Uh, if you're doing it in New York City, I think it's down by Wall Street, pretty far downtown. Um, you take that, and then if you get uh, uh, above a sixty five or 70 don't quote me um you have your real estate license but what how it works with real estate agents excuse me is that you have to have your license hung by a broker so when i first started i was at uptown flats which is a lovely little boutique company that actually just transferred to another company uh compass but they hang my license and i give them a fee every month to hold it and then a, a part of my real estate transactions. A part of my commission goes to them, but then again, they are there to help me with any of those transactions. So it's, it's you know, a very amicable relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm now at Oxford Property Group, which is a huge company with lots of resources. Um, uh, and then working with a couple of people there to do real estate. So it's, it's a lot of fun. It's very flexible. And there's a lot of different areas of real estate that you can do. So when you talk about resources, are you talking about like, they provide clients to you and funnel everything directly your way. Um, because you were saying that you have your own real estate Instagram, which kind of rings to me like you're doing your own promotion. Is it a little bit of both? Kind of how do you find your clients? It, it depends. Uh, certain companies work different ways. At Oxford Property Group, um, we, it's very self-sufficient. There's 450 agents working for them. So they're, you know, we're, we're pretty much self-contained. Um, I thrive working by myself. I'm a very independent person, Um, though teamwork is always necessary uh, at some point in the transaction. But I mostly get all of my leads from my Instagram, uh, direct referrals from previous clients. Um, They're, you know, your relationship with your client is lifelong. They will always need a place to live. And I would always like to nurture the idea that I should always be the agent that you come back to. Have you had any Um, return clients? I have about a 90% return rate of clients. Um, I've only been doing this about two years. Uh, so, and that also works because, you know, I invite them to my shows. If they're actors, they come to my, sh- you know, they're, they're a part of my life. I, I send them holiday uh, cards from me as a realtor. You know, I, I check in with them every three months. Um, so that's really important. And then uh, rent top zumper. Um, a couple of big ones I don't use but are effective are StreetEasy, uh, Zillow, Trulia, all of these different sites that we pay for to put our name out there and our listings, and then the clients come to us. So you're individually paying for those listings. That's not something that Oxer takes care of for you. Which Correct, which is why, you know, not to get too much into the pay structure, but yeah. which is why I have such a low fee. I pay them every month because a lot of the, um, the stuff is coming out of my pocket. Other companies... Um, you know, will will charge more per month for your desk fee, but then offer a certain amount of things to kind of sweeten that deal up. Okay. So it, it you know it's kind of like finding a college. You got to find which company works for you, uh, and don't be afraid to jump as things happen. Going into a really small boutique company to start was a very smart idea because they they took more money, but they offered a lot of training. Okay. You know, and then once you, you feel like you're good on your own, you can move to a different company that kind of lets you be. So it, 
same with colleges. You got to find what fits for you. And there are so many in the city um, and everywhere. Everyone needs a home, yeah. you know? For, so you keep comparing the, the brokerages to colleges, which I think is a really great analogy, but to have a more one-to-one educational comparison, are there any differences between some of the real estate schools that you can go to? And when you talked about that test down on Wall Street, is that a state test, a city test? Is that just the test from the particular school you went to? Like, d- dive into that a little bit more. Sure. So that's another positive um, with going in person. Uh, my boyfriend right now, Jason Gust, is actually taking the real estate class online, um, you know, just because why not? It's extra income uh, in a classroom because you get a very different vibe. And then also when you go to the classroom, so Ivy Real Ed was wonderful for me because after the class, she set up a little mixer with, you know, the top 15, 20 real estate companies would come almost like a college fair. And we would sit down with all of them and they would tell us what their company offered. Uh, And I went with Uptown Flats. Um, But that was a a service that she gave us. She also gave us a little practice test. Um, And then the Department of State runs the actual test for licensing. Okay. So you have to go through them. Is it a state license or a federal license? It is a state license. Uh, sorry, I had to think about that because uh, real estate's different everywhere. New York is actually ex- one of the more difficult ones, the same as um, for uh, for teaching degrees. You know, we're, we're pretty strict, us New Yorkers. Uh, so all of our rules might not apply, although there are, I think, seven states that I can practice in. So you have um, reciprocity, like if I want- kind of like teacher certifications. I was looking for that word. Yes, we have reciprocity in seven states. So um, if we wanted to go to, let's say, Connecticut, I don't have to get a brand new license. But like my dad's looking for a house in Rhode Island. I have to find a friend to show that to him because I don't have a license there. Interesting. Uh, um, okay. Get one. <laughs> it would just take a whole other 75 hours. Oh, really? So you can't even turn it. It's not like a driver's license where you can be like, here's my license from Pennsylvania. Now I'm moving to New York. All right. Here's my New York license. Because all the laws are different. All the all the uh, the rules about window guards, the rules about um, law of agency, all of these things are going to be, you know, the, the reciprocity states are because our our real estate laws are so similar. But, okay. you know, I would be a little bit worried to go to a different state and maybe misinform someone. Um, one thing that um, uh, Ivy said from Ivy Real Ed is that, you know, realtor's first job is to protect the public. So as buyer's agents, we need to inform them of everything they need to know to make a, an informed choice. Um, you know, and that's, that's an important job. <laughs> uh, it requires yeah. keeping up to date on everything. So the thing is, you everything years you have to renew your license by taking 22 and a half more hours of class how many years do you have to do that for uh every two years you take two, 22 and a half hours of class just to make sure that you're always keeping up to date on the current laws um That's a- so we're we're kind of getting towards the end of our time here we're actually a little farther than i i promised you so uh, i want to <laughs> i want to respect your time and let you go but one thing I always ask my guests is, what is one piece of like 
what is the last minute wisdom you want to pass on to the next generation, whether it's a real estate agent, whether it's uh, uh, somebody that's interested in going into the performing arts or, or just a professional anything, just something that you learned throughout your life that you wish somebody else had told you when you were coming out of high school or coming out of college? Sure. Um, I really, and I know this is something that you talk about a lot, the networking thing, um, and just coming from someone who has so many different careers happening all at once, um, you really cannot uh, underestimate the power of having and keeping in contact with your network. It's, it, it is the single most vital part of becoming a, a professional and, uh, and of being successful, I think, is recognizing where people can help you grow your business um, and not being afraid to ask that network for help when you need it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Alicia. I wish you the best with your upcoming performances. Uh, links are going to be down in the description so you can buy tickets and uh, also your Instagram for your real estate and your uh, risk and ba Richard Baskin productions. Cause I can speak English. <laughs> All right. Awesome. All right. Have a great day. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.